0: well yeehaw and howdy everybody i'm here uh with my little girl sitting here and we're uh gonna go ahead and we're gonna get this show started here um sorry we're coming into you about an hour later than usual we've had all kinds of fun technical difficulties tonight and uh even got george jumping back in and out so we're gonna try to get george back in here uh and we're gonna get this started um housekeeping stuff make sure you guys are following us on twitter make sure you're following us on. Uh, instagram and all that fun stuff make sure you get on toilets where we have the best articles and they're going to start cranking out here pretty soon and uh, make sure you join our patreon uh the patreon has a bunch of different levels on it now and the more you get into it the better it gets and i think that we're even talking about one where we'll even get on there and we'll set your lineups things like that we'll uh or at least help you set lineups you could just put us in your pocket for about 10 20 bucks a month so but three bucks a month gets you into the discord right away and that gets you talking to us on the side uh make sure you do that um a little bit of a cluster show this evening i uh i apologize but this is what happens when you have to prep a show for the asc south which is what we are going to be talking about tonight uh on my left right here i got my man joe what's happening joe how are we doing this evening well, well, good segue into
1: the, uh, you know, the glamorous AFC South.
0: Oh, man, it was dreadful even just typing up those names on there. I was like, who the hell are these guys? And then looking intensely
2: into the future, we have our
0: man George right below us. George, how we doing?
2: Dude, uh, it, it's, it's aquapo that I'm having all types of computer issues and you're having computer issues on the evening that we're talking about the AFC South. So I feel like that sums up this whole division.
0: Yep, uh, my computer was trying to prevent this show from happening as hard as it could. It just didn't happen. And then, saving the last for the best for last, I guess, we're going to go with Jason, my man, homeless Jason in the corner. Uh, For everybody that can see him at home, that's not a real home. He's actually in an alley right now, but he has it modified into his background. So it looks like he's in a home right
3: now. It's a green screen, totally green screen. It is. It is. I don't know if Aquapo is a. I don't know if aquapo is an actual word. Somebody Apropos. Went to... Yeah, there you go. It's apropos, I right?
2: Pick up words, okay? Listen, I've words. I've got all the best words.
3: Listen, his his fantasy football is better than his words. That's what I gotta say. Fact of the matter right there. Yep. You're gonna want to follow George for
0: his uh for his insights and not how ha- not his grammar
2: <laughs> for <is> sure. <laughs> so with that guys, we're gonna all go ahead and grammar, you're gonna learn new words.
0: That's very true. So will you, George? <laughs> we, we can teach you quite a few. Uh, we'll go ahead and get this kicked off. Uh, it's not going to be as fun as anybody wants it to be, but we're going to start this off. We're going to start off with the Colts, guys. Uh, the Colts have quarterback is Matt Ryan. They got Jonathan Taylor, who's amazing, and they have Nyan Himes as the running backs. We got Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, leading off on the on the top three wide receivers. Kiki Kuti, about the only one I've mentioned, uh, backing them up. And then we got uh Mo Ali Cox and Granson Tight End. Jason, this is a great team. Who you who on this team do you just love and can't wait to get on your squad?
3: Um No. Can I say no? <laughs> uh no, so here uh, looking at this list, Matt Ryan is a guy that I'll probably I will probably target, which is surprising to people, but here's the thing. I am a late round tight uh quarterback kind of guy. Trey Lance is going very late and I think my my strategy in a lot of drafts is going to end up being, I'm going to take Trey Lance and then I'm going to back it up with a steady guy like Matt Ryan. And that way, when Trey, Lance, if Trey Lance comes out and busts, I have a steady Eddie kind of guy that, that's the only thing. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's going a lot higher than he should. He's, he's a darling for one reason or another, but uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of anybody on this team. Uh, Taylor, right. But like, unless you have one of the first couple picks, it, he's not worth talking about
2: unless you have the first pick, because let's face it, in a single quarterback league, Jonathan Taylor should be the first overall pick. And in a super flex league, to be honest, he should probably still be
3: the first overall pick. Uh, I would take, I'd take Mike's boy, Josh Allen, and then probably Taylor right after that. And super flex, obviously. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I like that. Uh, One of the guys I'm really kind of excited about to see how he does on the field, especially when you got a gunslinger, like Matt Ryan on the, as the quarterback right there is Alec Pierce, you know, the rookie he's coming in there. Um, I feel like he's going to be a really, really good, uh, good accent to Michael Pittman Jr. I feel like with those two guys out there, they're going to be able to get enough attention off of each other that this might actually be a fairly productive offense right here. And uh, I know that uh, Justin was way high on Kyle Granson, um, the tight end. The more and more I watch this guy and the more and more I watch his involvement, more so the more I watch what Mo Alley Cox can't, can't do. I uh, I really like Granson a lot too. He's a guy that I'm being able to grab like very tail end of the draft and he might be a viable enough tight end. Now, likely he'll be one of those three for 33s that'll get you the occasional touchdown like all the rest of the tight ends in the league. But I do like Granson too. What about you, Joe? Is there anybody on here that you're liking?
1: You know, despite the quarterback change and I, I definitely think they've upgraded obviously from Wentz to Ryan, but I still feel like they're a team that's going to be better um, with NFL wins and losses than from a fantasy perspective um matt ryan just he he didn't he never threw touchdowns in atlanta and i don't really have any reason to think he's going to throw more touchdowns in indy although i do think he's going to be good and efficient um you, you know i wonder what Pittman will be like with him versus wentz and rivers right this is Pittman's third year he's had one with wentz once with rivers is that am i right there so this is another quarterback for him Um, so it'd be interesting to see what type of advancement he makes. And then the only other thing here I see fantasy wise is, um, Heinz took a little step back last year versus how involved he was in the offense in 2021. And I'm hopeful that he kind of goes back to that 2021 to a guy who gets five to 10 targets a game, as well as, you know, um, gives Taylor a blow every once in a while. Um, but that, that's really it from a fantasy person, you know, obviously other than Jonathan Taylor. But even Pittman, Like, I don't think I'd want Pittman to be any higher than my number three wide out or I guess a flex in a standard lead lineup week one. And I will leave you with that because it's the Colts and what else? I know Paris Campbell, I feel like Maybe had some momentum a couple of times last year, so I'd be curious to see how he develops.
0: But
3: it's yeah, it's all about injuries with the uh, with Paris Campbell. Like he has had very short stretches of not being hurt and actually looking relevant. Um, so if he can ever put it all together, going back to Mo'Ally Cox, the guy is an absolute freak in size and speed, and every once in a while he'll make this play, and it'll be all over Twitter, and you just go as big and as fast and as strong as you are why don't you do that all the time and he yeah. just doesn't so lo- looking over the the list here i like
2: I, there's not much i can add about Jonathan taylor right like consensus rb1 um in both super flex and in uh ppr leagues um there's single quarterback leagues like he's the number one running back on the board um naheem himes okay he's a decent flex at times but not anything you want to get super excited over. Uh, Pittman, uh, as mentioned, he's going on to his third quarterback uh, in three years. Alec Pierce, I believe, is a rookie. Paris Campbell's had flashes, but he's just never been consistently healthy. Kiki Kuti is just that Kiki. Uh, you guys have talked about Mo Ali Cox, big, strong, athletic guy, but we've never really seen it from him. And l- like Mike said, you know, he's a guy that's going to go out there and get you a three for thirty-six at times. Uh, everything basically hinges on Matt Ryan here. And looking at Matt Ryan, like going into year uh, 37 years old, uh, last year he only threw – and it, I understand the Falcons were a bad offensive team last year. They lost Calvin Ridley. Their offensive line was atrocious. Um, but still, he he didn't crack 4,000 yards in 17 games. Uh, he only had 20 touchdowns. He also threw 12 interceptions – I'm, I'm just concerned that what we think of Matt Ryan doing during his prime that is going to translate to what he's going to be able to do in Indiana at age 37, and I, I just don't believe it. Like, I think we're seeing not the back half of his career, but basically the end of his career. And I, I don't want anything to do with Matt Ryan. Like, if I had a choice between Justin Fields and Matt Ryan, I, I'd rather have Justin Fields. There's more upside. There's more so no got- upside with Matt Ryan.
3: I can tell you the difference is the worst offensive line in the league versus one of the best. I, I, and, I, I, and when you have a guy like Matt Ryan who who's immobile, having the worst offensive line plus no weapons, you know, Calvin Ridley gone, um, Michael Pitts, or, you know, Pitts is the only guy there that was, was the only weapon there. And we're not talking about the Falcons right now, but, um, you know, the worst offensive line to one of the best, like I think that gives Matt Ryan a little bit more life here. Uh, he's going to be better than Carson Wentz was last year. He's probably going to be on par, if not better, than um, – God, why can't I remember his name? We just talked about him two years ago there. and uh,
2: Rivers. Rivers. Rivers, exactly Rivers. right.
3: Yeah, yeah. he's going to be on par or better than that. I, I, um, I but, you know
2: – Was Phillip I, Rivers good? I don't think he was.
3: <laughs> my last thing with the Colts is I keep on
1: going back to Pat McAfee a couple of weeks ago. Like, I'm looking at this these guys and I'm like – how were they not in on Robert Woods, Amari Cooper? I'm not even talking the big guys. Forget about Hill Adams. Like they weren't willing to throw a fifth
3: at Robert Woods. How is that possible? And they had they had some of the most money in the offseason too. Yeah. Like they, To go into this offseason needing a wide receiver desperately like they did and throw no money at it whatsoever mm-hmm. is just, just insane. Now I know the, the money for wide receivers, and we'll talk about at least one of them here soon, but the money that – that teams threw at wide receivers was ridiculous, but when you have it, you know uh, you got to do something with it. And it and and just leaving Michael Pittman on an island is bad.
0: That's why we saw so many uh, first round receivers go out in this draft. It's because of the expense that those that those guys all caused right there. Uh, we got our man Nino. He's on board. He says uh, he says Ryan is greater than Wentz. He says Pittman is a rocket, and Ryan loves uh, receiving RBs. Hines is a sleeper. And he also thinks Julio Jones will be going over there. And then we got our man, Coach, who thinks George is stuck in the upside down, which, uh, speaking of Stranger Things, is coming out soon. So, uh,
1: tomorrow, so George, that's George, tomorrow, I believe. George, you better get start.
2: out of the upside down because you're going to get eaten. I, I don't think you upside down. Coach, I'm oh. going to teach him new words. <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: that brings us up to the next best team right here. We got the Titans. We got Tannehill and Malik Willis at the quarterback. We got Derrick Henry, of course. Hassan Haskins backing him up at the running back positions. We got Woods. We got Westbrooks, Inkein, Burks, Fitzpatrick as the wide receivers. Then we got Austin Hooper at the tight end position. Um, George, how about you start this one off?
2: Who are we looking at? Who do you like? Well, as Jason will tell you, Ryan Tannehill, top 10 quarterback all time. Um, (laughs) No, no, I I don't actually believe that. Um, Derrick Henry, uh, again, like, this division uh to be a running back on both these two teams um the the Tennessee Titans and uh the the Colts like you just got to love being able to face Houston and Jacksonville four times a year right like th- those defenses you could just run all over them have huge games so so love the running backs here um Robert yes Trey Burks. I don't know I mean saying he's out of shape they're saying that he showed up to camp he's not ready uh i I kind of feel like that is just a narrative that's being spoken just like jamar chase can't catch a ball have the white lines on the ball so i'm gonna let people talk all their crap about traylon burks and that'll just allow me to get him in a discount in drafts that's that's fine um but yeah like I, i i like what tennessee did they went out and they did get robert woods uh, who, if he can come back healthy, is gonna I think Robert Woods will be a replacement for Julio Jones and what the production Julio Jones was able to provide them last year. I think he'll actually be a little bit better. Um Traylon Burks, I'm not gonna say he's gonna be able to replace uh the impact on the field of what AJ Um Brown did, but I I, I like I like Traylon Burks. Like I think in a couple of years he'll be he'll be that guy for them. Um Hooper, uh, I mean, not not a big fan of Austin Hooper. So if you're asking me what I like here for fantasy, honestly, it's, it comes down to Henry Woods and Traylon Burks, and I think I think they'll be consistent throughout the year. I don't think you're going to see a lot of huge games from Woods and Burks. I don't think you're going to get those weak winning games from them. But I think those are guys you can rely on week in week out. Put them I in mean, your starting lineup. Put them in your flex, and you won't have any regrets. Like they're not going to go out and cost you the week. Jason, do you have anything to add to that, buddy?
3: Yeah, I mean, not too much. Obviously, Henry's going to be top three probably in most drafts. Um, You know, Tannehill really hurt a lot of people last year. I think George is probably one of them because I, uh, I am. You're a- trying. You're trying to find, you know, the late round quarterback that's going to be able to give you a little bit of rushing upside, some touchdown upside, and he he's been ultra consistent on the Titans, and he didn't do that last year. Uh, Trey the Burks there, I, you know, coming in out of shape. I get it, like that's a that's a, a narrative, but who else are they going to throw it to? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Robert Woods, fine, but like, there's nobody else there that's going to take Tra- Traylon Burke's spot, right? Westbrook so, hyphen Ickheim. Can, Akina? It Akina yeah i mean so so really yeah he's out of shape it's not going to hurt his his touches um and then woods am i excited to go get woods maybe not but here's what i'll say uh around his draft position and this is one of the things i looked up from here around his draft position you are getting guys like and sorry i've got a mac now and i'm trying to figure it out um Okay, so guys like Rashad Bateman, Dawson Knox, go right before him. Then you've got Melvin, Gordon, Isaiah Spiller, Ramondre Stevenson, Pat Firemuth, Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, Chase Claypool. That is not a who's who of what you want on your roster. Like I I think Woods of a lot of those guys has some upside depending on what your needs at that point in the draft. So if you need a wide receiver, I'm absolutely taking Robert Woods over Chase Claypool. Yeah, I agree there.
0: And Would, Joe, do you have anything else you want to throw in there?
1: I just – I mean, if Tannehill Hill can't win a big game with Davis and A.J. Brown and then A.J. Brown and Julio Jones – I just don't see it in this list, how it's going to happen. I feel like it's going to end up actually being, and I do agree, the division is real. So you get those four games against Houston and Jacksonville. So that alone, Derrick Henry is probably going to get 1,000 yards in those four games put together. But it's going to be a frustrating year, I think, for him in a way, because once Robert Woods gets hurt, which is also inevitable, as much as I really do like him, once he gets hurt, you're stacking nine in the box against this team, never mind seven or eight. So I I feel like it's going to be tough when when it's not one of those really soft schedule teams that they're playing. I feel like it's going to be a struggle for these guys to score points this year.
2: Now here's the, here's the thing that their Tennessee's defense is, is absolutely phenomenal. Like they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, This team is the team that took home first place in all of the entire AFC last year. So this team is going to be good. They're they're going to be able to put up points. Um, I, I think they're going to be in a lot of close games, which will allow Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball down the field. Um, you, you got Tannehill again, who, you know, people don't realize it, but he is a rushing quarterback. Like he ran for over 250 yards last year uh, on 55 attempts um so you know he is a mobile quarterback he is an athlete he's not a he's not a pocket quarterback now he's not Lamar Jackson or anything like that that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying you know he can scramble and get outside and he will run for a first down or two he'll run in uh for a, a touchdown here or there so I, I I mean it's a it's a very good team that's going to rely heavily on the defense and I I, I like Derrick Henry uh, they're they're going to want to run the ball And I think let them stacks, you know, eight or nine in the box. That's fine. Tannehill is a capable quarterback. He'll throw the ball on you if you do that.
0: So my take on the Titans is this. Like, I think that they they might have to adapt to youth before too long. But I think you're right, George. I think this defense can keep them enough in games to where they will be able to run the ball a lot. That's why I'm with – my man nino on here and he says don't sleep on hassan haskins because derrick henry is going to hit that wall it's 22. i think derrick henry has one good year left in him but i'm still going to be grabbing hassan haskins very late in uh, redraft drafts just because he's going to be a uh, easy grab and it's the handcuff for a very high powered offense and i only didn't put kyle phillips in this list because they already had the rookies uh we got traylon burks that he'll be backing up so I do like Kyle Phillips. I just don't really like his opportunity. And he says, "George, you're looking clean tonight, and fresh. Love it. Got another one, it. George." And I'm looking like a wildebeest because I got—I I'm, I'm, think I've got COVID type seven. Cole, I don't freaking know anymore <laughs> what to call it, uh, but we will. And and it could just be that I'm about ready to talk about the Jaguars. That could be why I'm not feeling very good right now. So that brings us to the Jaguars. We got Trevor Lawrence at the quarterback. We got Robinson. He's going to be the guy that is. Uh, he, he's leading the depth chart right now even though we're not even sure he's starting the season but we got etienne backing him up he's looking good uh we got the running back zay jones we got marvin jones we got uh christian kirk lavisca chanel jamal agnew and then uh, the tight ends are ingram and uh, dan arnold so about this team they sure have stacked up they sure have gotten a lot of uh i'd say decent players in certain some of these positions like zay jones is uh okay Christian Kirk, to me, is a fairly serviceable uh, receiver as well. I do like Etienne a lot, and I think Ingram and Arnold could be two sleeper tight ends. What do you guys think? Well, let, let Joe go first on
2: this one.
1: Uh, you know what? I Honestly, say, this is the the third out of the fourth team. This is the most intriguing list of player names in my opinion that we've seen if we're really talking fantasy we know that tennessee and indianapolis are going to have better records than jacksonville but like right off the bat that running back situation is going to get really interesting um i i think I, i don't really know what to make of it robinson i feel like robinson was like the stock market last year just like up and down and up and down and then hurt and not hurt and then bad game but then he woke up. So now, you know, obviously there's going to be some real competition behind him. So I'm interested to see that. And I'm interested to see what type of steps Lawrence takes. He's got some real weapons this year. I mean, Marvin Jones, Kirk, Chanel. I mean, that's a deep group with two serviceable tight ends that can both catch the ball too. Um, So I'm going to be really curious to see what these guys do. Christian Kirk in a PPR. I mean, it's hard to get past the money they paid him. But then at the same time, you got to believe that he should be looking at like almost double-digit targets week over week. Um, you know, I'm a Giants fan, so Evan Ingram with Arnold, I, you know what? I think as a pessimistic Giant fan, I, I say to myself, you should just stick with Arnold. I know they made that trade, I believe, midseason to get him, right? Um, however, Evan Ingram obviously has the potential to be uh, – He's got the potential to be a top 10 fantasy tight end. I don't know. Maybe it's the change of scenery and now he becomes that. I'm not sure there, but I'm intrigued. You know, if, if Kirk was my number three or my flex going into week one, I wouldn't hate that. Um, If I had a little bit of running back action between Robinson and Eddie, and I I wouldn't hate that either. Um, I'm not saying I want them to be one of my core four or five players, but there, there, there's. To me, this is the most interesting list out of the three
2: that we've looked at from a fantasy perspective so far. So so for a fantasy perspective for me, I've got outside of a dynasty league, really, I've got no interest in Trevor Lawrence. I don't want to start him. I don't maybe on a bye week if I need to, but that's about it. Like he's not one of the, the top 12 quarterbacks. I feel comfortable going into I agree sp- with that. Um, the running backs are very interesting to me. Uh, James Robinson, I believe, is a better running back than Travis Etienne. I don't care what the draft capital says, but the issue is James Robinson has an Achilles issue. So that leads to a whole lot of questions, especially seeing he he injured it at the back end of last year. Um, and then there's Etienne. He's coming off a list frank injury. Now, I did a little bit of looking up uh, and prep for this, and I'm going to run through a whole list of people who've had this list Frank injury, and what they did the next year, and and the results are a mixed bag of everything. Uh, Julio Jones, he fractured his list Frank in 2013. His next two seasons were career best. Brian Westbrook injured his list Frank in 2005. His next two seasons were his career best in rushing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell suffered a minor injury to his list Frank in 2013 his next two seasons he rushed for 1361 yards and eight touchdowns and received 83 receptions 854 yards and three touchdowns in 2014 and had another stellar season uh where he actually received over uh yeah he received over 800 yards the next season uh and then you get into the uh eh, mjd suffered a list frank injury 2012 His production dipped nearly fifty percent. San Antonio Holmes severely injured his list Frank in two thousand twelve. Next season, he had a sharp decline in receiving. Cedric Benson injured his list Frank in two thousand twelve. Never played another snap after that. Ronnie Brown in two thousand nine. He declined in two thousand ten and only rushed for seven hundred thirty-four yards and five touchdowns. Um, After a breakout year, Darren McFadden injured his list Frank. His next season. His rushing declined down to 700 yards, and then the following season after that, 258. Ted, uh, again, after being drafted ninth overall in 2007, injured his uh, list rank prior to his rookie season. Never lived up to the potential that he had in the NFL. So, it's really interesting with ETN. I understand he had first-round draft capital. Uh, They were planning on using him more, I believe, more in a receiving role than in between the tackles. Uh, James Robinson is, as I mentioned earlier, he's banged up. I'm not relying on him. I don't even think he'll play next season. I think at the very least he starts on the pup list. So I'm not all in on ETN. There's been some success for people coming back from this injury, and there's been a lot of people who just... It did not. They did not come back from it. So I'm very skeptical on ETN. I, I'm going to try to avoid um, ETN and Robinson and redraft leagues anywhere I can. I want nothing to do with either one of them. I can dig that. What about you, Jason? What do you think? Uh,
3: I'm not as I'm not as bearish on ETN as as George is. You know what I saw there was a lot of the the guys you thought were ultra talented really had a good year the next year and the guys who were mediocre to start with, even though they may have had a breakout year, like had mediocre years the following season, you know what I mean? Not to interrupt
1: too, but if, if Robinson starts on pup, wouldn't that put ETN in the position to be getting 20 touches a week for the first six
2: weeks? uh, probably not.
3: No, they'll, they'll, they'd for sure pick somebody up or, or use one of the other guys on the roster. Like I, I, I don't see him getting 20 touches. He's not that guy, but he does yeah. have he does have rapport with this quarterback, with with Trevor Lawrence. Um, they play together in, in Clemson. Um, so he has rapport with, with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be okay. I'm not going to avoid him. I'm not going out of my way to get him. But, like, if I start early with wide receiver, depending on where I am in the draft, if I start with wide receiver early and I need a running back, I'm not going to shy away. Um, I wanted to look at Christian Kirk a little bit. And and it's more about where he's landing than anything else because it's it, with guys like Christian Kirk right now it's all about value. Are you getting a value? And like you said, if you're getting a wide receiver three, you, you know it's it's about where he's going around. What wide receivers if you need one? Where he's going? And right now, yeah, it's dynasty season, so some of this is skewed. But he's going around um, a lot of the rookies. So like Drake London, Chase Claypool, uh, then Christian Kirk, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Kadarius Tony, Michael Gallup uh Deshaun Watson Rashad Bateman like Dawson Knox it's like that is the area of in which like he's going right now and and in that area I think Christian Kirk is is at least interesting because they did pay him that kind of money um and, and they are gonna they're not gonna allow that team to spend that money and not use him he's a slot receiver I think he'll get leaned on a lot so um and he he was just shy of what a thousand yards last year had something like nine twenty seven he right in that range, um, on an offense where he wasn't anywhere near the first option. So, Kristen um, Kirk's interesting. Evan Ingram, if he ever put it all together, could be interesting. I really liked Dan Arnold last year. It seemed like he was Mister Consistent for a while, and then the team just stopped using him. You know, uh, he hurt, didn't he? No it was it wasn't an injury. It just he was on the field. He just didn't get any catches. I remember recommending him week after week, and for like three weeks straight last week on the Sunday morning show that we were doing, um, he hit, he hit, he hit. And then we. that fourth week, I'm like, look, it's Mr. Consistent. He got you the same amount of points every week. And he went out and laid a goose egg. He went zero for zero for zero for zero. It was, it was awful. He had
2: so a like, to uh, MCL spring.
3: What week was that?
2: Uh, it was towards the back end of last year.
3: Yeah, I, this was bef- this was a- – yeah, this was before his injury, though. He, they just stopped using him, and then they said he had an injury. And so I think Evan Ingram, uh, look, we're going to do this thing at the end where we talk about what's the best tight end, and I haven't seen a better one so far. <laughs> like, it's just, it is miserable for tight ends. So uh, if I had to take a tight end from this division, which I, you know, Evan Ingram's the one at least with some upside. So uh, uh, hopefully I'm not in that position. Sorry. That just gotcha, ended. gotcha.
0: Yep. Nope. I agree. Uh, I don't mind the tight ends here. I mean, I would rather have somebody I'm like you, I would rather have somebody besides Ingram. Uh, the two guys that are kind of backing up, uh, uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne is a uh, Snoop Connor that they drafted this year. He seems like he could be okay. And then they still have Raquel Armstead, who is still on COVID protocol from 2019. So, um, yeah,
2: that, that brings I, up the, I chuckled at that, but that dude, like legitimately, almost died multiple times from COVID.
0: Yeah, he barely fought his way back. I kid around, I, but it's not a funny matter. Like when you think about what really happened to, to that guy, and it'll be tough to see if he ever really truly bounces back to the NFL level.
3: So before we move on from the Jags, uh, Mike, you got to be a better parent here because we talked about the Jags and your daughter cheered. We got to fix that. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, she's she likes she likes the Jaguar. She likes kitties. She'll tell you she likes kitties. Okay. <laughs> That makes,
3: <laughs> that, that makes much more. It's like it's just like my kids picking teams because of colors.
0: Well, but I mean, she likes them because they're cute and furry. Like, and I'm sure that that's how the most of the NFL views the Jags, anyways. <laughs> so uh, the next team up is the Texans. We got Davis Mills running the quarterback show. I'm loving seeing that guy. We got Marlon Mack uh, leading off the depth chart here. You got uh, Burkhead backing him up, and then Damian Pierce, the new rookie coming in, uh, backing them. And then on the run, the wide receivers is uh, Brandon Cooks. We got Collins, we got John Mechie the third, we got Dorset, we got Conley, and a bunch of other people you've probably never ever heard of. And as the wide receiver, then we got Jordan Brevin and Pharaoh Brown at tight end. Uh Jason, you you started us off. Why don't you finish us off? How do you like this Texas team?
3: I mean, I don't. Uh I think Mills could have been a good quarterback. I was a big proponent when he got drafted of, of the Buccaneers drafting him, letting him sit behind Tom Brady for a couple of years and then learning because he was a good quarterback with good skills in college, but didn't play very much. And I think he came out a year too soon. I think he needed another year. Um, and that, and now he's starting in the NFL, right? Like, so what do I know? But I think he would still, he still would have like really benefited from sitting behind somebody and learning a little bit instead of getting thrown in with like Marlon Mack, Burkhead. I like Damian Pierce because I like the opportunity he's about to get like that. Uh, I think Mack may be burnt. And even if he's not, he's not going to carry a huge load. And Burkhead's probably 80 by now, I think, in the running back years. Cooks is there. I like Cooks again. You know, all that dude, all he does is go from team to team and produce. You know, and, and in the rounds he's going in, he's just – he's another guy that, like, you can take in those mid-rounds. You're going to get some big old games out of him. Uh, Mechie, uh, I think he's a possession guy who – couldn't beat out some of the best talent on his college team and won't beat out some of the better defenders in the NFL. Um, So Dorsett, like, showed flashes here and there. Conley, I mean, it it is a – and then Farrow Brown is a cool name, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) In a redraft
1: league, like, in a redraft league, it's just Mack and Cooks. They're the only two guys even getting drafted.
2: Yeah. Dave, Dave, so is it a hot take to say Davis Mills was the best quarterback out of last year's class? Because I, I feel like as of right now, that is a actual factual statement. Like there's not another rookie that came out last year that was better than Davis Mills. and And, and that's not to credit to David Mills. Like, I don't believe he's the long term answer for Houston. But he—they're going to give him another chance this year. He's going to—he's going to be their starting quarterback this year, um, and I hope he goes out and kills it. I really do. I don't is, know, but I, I hope he does. So, George,
3: uh, is it giving—is it, it giving him a chance, or is it letting the team sink to get a better quarterback next year?
2: I, well, listen, it's—I've always said that it's a great position to be in, right? Like, you could go out this year with Davis Mills. Like, listen, we all recognize the Texans are rebuilding, and and. and I, I said this when with the Patriots when they had Jared Stidham and, and Cam Newton as, as their options at quarterback. Like, it's a great position to be in to have this young quarterback to where you can start him the whole season to find out hey, two things are going to happen. Either he's going to play really, really good and we have our future quarterback, or he's going to go out, he's going to play terrible. And now we know, hey, we have to replace him in, in the draft this coming year, and now we've got an early draft pick because our quarterback played terrible for the entire season. So it, it's actually a great spot to be in um, for the Texans, and they're loaded with draft picks. Uh, they, they they got a whole lot of compensation for the quarterback who I absolutely refuse to acknowledge. So it's, it's not a bad situation for the Texans. Their future, you know, if they can hit on a couple of these draft picks, isn't that bad? Um, but as far as fantasy goes, like Davis Mills, okay, maybe I, I'll play him on a bye week against the Jaguars because the Jaguars are terrible and their defense is terrible. Um, Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, and Damian Pierce, like, give me whichever one of those three is the cheapest in the draft. I'm not spending capital on on a a Houston Texans running back if Damian Pierce is the last running back standard. Fine, I'll I'll, I'll take a a. a I'll take a flyer on him, put him on my bench, see what happens. But I'm not spending early draft capital on any of those running backs. Um, I do like Brandon Cooks. All he does is go out and produce. He's super reliable for you. He's clearly the best wide receiver on this team. He's going to be Davis Mills' uh, number one target. And if I need a tight end for some ungodly reason, and Jordan Brevin is available, like, okay. But it's not something like I'm getting excited over. Uh, I'm not expecting much from him, so yeah.
1: It feels like Cooks is the first freaking guy to go at the trade deadline this year. I mean, you look at—he's like I, Waldo in this name in this group of names. How does he even stay on the team all year?
3: They just resigned I, him, though. I know, I know.
2: I believe, I believe he actually. Uh
3: resigned with them. Yeah, he just yeah, resigned He with requested them. it. Yep. And he he, uh, he must
1: have a wife that's got to be like, "I ain't fucking moving. We're staying." Hey, right, right. Yeah. This is, our, this
3: is my 37th team in a 32 team league. <laughs> right. we are not moving again. Yeah. I don't I care I don't funny. care how many first round picks they gave up for you. We yeah. are not moving again.
2: Listen, the running joke with Brandon, Brandon Cooks was all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks that he got to to play with in his career. He had what Drew Brees. And, yeah. Uh, uh, Brady. Tom Brady and, and, and who else? Uh I, I don't I don't
3: I remember forgot, Oh he well, played. Well Watson, with the, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yet, but. yeah, I mean I think like I think uh maybe it's just that all those other quarterbacks threw real hard. and Davis Mills throws real soft. So, like, maybe he's just looking out for his hands. I don't know. <laughs> That's too funny. So, the guys I like off this, I don't mind me Marlon Mack. I think
0: Marlon Mack might be a little bit of a workhorse guy to get things started. Um, definitely a guy that you're going to want to draft and be really prepared to trade, say, week three, week four when he's on his high note and be able to get something for him and then uh, try to go get Damian Pierce with that because he'll be taking that job over. Um, I do like John Mechie III. I think he's fast. I think he'll uh, fit into this offense pretty well, especially opposite Brandon Cooks there. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you guys. There just really isn't a whole lot – a whole not a whole lot of meat on them bones, as we said at the beginning of the – or in the intro of this thing. It just isn't a whole lot there to be had. So,
1: Like, what's uh, the under in a week two game – Houston at Jacksonville.
2: The under is oh, going to be like
1: dude. 37 and a half. I, I, right. negative.
2: Seven was the number that came to mind. Yeah. yeah. It, which I, it's crazy. Watch that game be like a 60 point game. Like I know. You know those
0: are dreadful. <laughs>
2: um, now so, so let's go.
3: So let's can go. You imagine through. that's your game of the week. Like you have oh. to watch it.
0: Right. Right. That would be terrible. But that would be awesome if they made it a game. Cause like I said, those, those teams when they're that bad, they have the potential to be able to do that kind of stuff. So let's go ahead and go through. So who's the best quarterback in the AFC South? Joe? Uh, the best fantasy quarterback
1: in the AFC South, I, I guess, is Ryan Tannehill, Because he's going to run to the point that George made. If it's 250 and four rushing touchdowns, that probably ends up pushing him over Matt Ryan from a points perspective.
2: He had, he had over 250 and seven last year.
3: So I I think you got. I'm
2: right there with you, Joe. It's Ryan Tenhill for me.
3: Uh, I'm going to say Matt Ryan back behind a better offensive line. Uh, Michael Pittman there. He's got he's got a running game. He's going to be able to. He's going to be able to shovel past the crap out of it to Jonathan Taylor on the goal line. I'm I'm just going to say Matt Ryan.
2: I agree with that. I think Matt Ryan's actually passing it to Jonathan Taylor. He's handing it to Taylor to go right up the gut.
3: <laughs> he's gonna want some of them stats, man. No, yeah, no, he wants. He wants
2: them yeah, points 20, too. Twenty and twelve last year. He doesn't care about those stats.
3: He couldn't
1: throw touchdowns with freaking Julio Jones and uh, Roddy White. He couldn't throw touchdowns. He threw for yards, but he's never thrown for touchdowns. He's been so aggravating for such a long time, fantasy
3: wise.
0: <laughs> I do think. I do think him and in, and. Uh, in... In Indianapolis is going to be a really good thing. Uh Best running back is it's Taylor, right, hands down. Does anybody have an argument with that, no,
3: Jonathan
2: it, Taylor? It's a shame because like Derrick Henry for me is a top five running back in the NFL, right? But he falls in the same division as Jonathan Taylor. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, look, he's number two, and it's a close number two
3: for me. It's yeah. it's it's real close, man. Because in eight games last year, Derrick Henry had what nine hundred yards? Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's real close. The thing that hurts Henry the most here is that, like, A.J. Brown's gone and there's not another weapon to, to worry about.
0: Oh, Traylon Burks will prove you wrong here soon. Uh, the best wide receiver in this group, George? Uh, I'm going to go Brandon Cooks, actually. Right, Jason, you agree?
3: I completely Jill? agree.
1: The best fantasy wide out, huh? I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's that that simple but yeah i guess i'll go brandon cooks i agree i I kind of hope he's not the answer that by the end of the year like just to inject a little of excitement whether it's cook or maybe Pittman really progresses i'd rather see that but i guess cooks is the safe pick for sure
0: i could see kirk being a real dark horse in this situation and coming out and leading this pack too and Pittman as well but for me yeah if i've got to pick one of these guys it's going to be brandon cooks now the best Position in this division, who we grabbing for tight end, and we're gonna start with you, Jason. Who's your tight end?
3: It's Evan, it is 100% Evan Ingram. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I can't, so that is that <laughs> is like the only time his name will ever be said in the best tight end category. Um, but it, it is 100% Evan Ingram,
0: mine is Pharaoh Brown because I just wanted to say Pharaoh, I love right it, that name, yeah, yeah, but it's not, it's Evan Ingram for me too. What about you, Joe?
3: Oh man. Giants fan getting get ready yeah. to suck up his pride here.
1: Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't go. Yeah, you got to go, Evan. I, You know, I, honestly, <laughs> if you guys weren't uh, – if people weren't high, I guess, on Granson potentially, I, you could probably maybe talk me into Ali Cox just because they do have Matt Ryan now and he's huge and he didn't get a lot of red zone targets last year with Wentz. But um, I guess I'll go Evan Ingram. I mean, you know what? As a Giants fan, it would be quite poetic – and quite consistent for them to let him go and him to, you know, now finally find himself.
0: Quite, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite aqua pro as,
2: as, uh, you swallowed your pride. You took Evan Ingram. Uh, I'm actually going to go Mo Ellie Cox, believe it or not. That's um, not a bad one either. Mo Ali Cox is a good pick here too. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go. Mo Ellie Cox is the best tight end in, in this, <laughs> <thing>. um, <laughs> the one thing he does have going for him is Matt Ryan does have a very long history of targeting his tight ends. So, and getting them involved. So I, I, I'm going to go with, with Ellie Cox or Evan Ingram, going to a, a new system, a new team, uh new offense with new coach, uh second year quarterback. Like I just, there's too many risk factor factors there for me. So I'll, I'll take, I'll take Moelle Cox.
0: And I'd I'd like to mention again, Granson should be a really good sleeper because I think he could take away those targets from Mo Cox in the long run. Um,
2: in, in a dynasty, I agree, but I, I'm not outside of Kyle Pitts. I, I would never trust a a rookie tight end.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, Granson's not a rookie. This is his, I think his third year coming in. Uh, so. He's a still, a still a rookie in tight end terms, though. Tight ends. Tight end is a really hard position in the NFL and it, everybody always wonders why it takes 3 4 years for these guys to get it but it's because they have to do they have to know blocking they have to know they just it's a really really hard position. Well guys that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We were able to get through this miserable division. Uh, make sure you guys follow us at Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Podbean. What a Family Breaks, which is not the thing anymore. It's actually got a different name, but it's a cool Facebook group we have that we have all the all the trading cards and things like that. Go to www.toilets2titles.com. You got the best videos, articles, and NFL fantasy content. You'll see all of our ugly mugs on there anytime you want to. And also make sure you guys get on that Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash titles. Three bucks a month. That is, you spend more money on streaming apps that you never even use anymore than getting on here and getting on the Patreon to patreon.com. And I guarantee you, you'll want to stream, especially once it gets going closer to the season, you're gonna want a lot of these guys. We got all the best experts. We're we're gaining, we're growing, we're doing everything. Uh, you're gonna to want to get in on this, and you want to get in on this early. And especially if like five bucks will get you into the Frankenstein, which is just a blast, guys. Do you have anything to add before we call this good?
2: I, I, I'm just gonna add. I'm glad we're done with this episode, and we can move on to the NFC South next yeah, week. where I, I was gonna more uh, entertaining and a lot better subject matter.
3: I was going to say, uh, the NFC South is going to be the gift we get for for dealing with this pile of uh, AFC South.
0: Yes. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. Well, like I said, guys, make sure you get on there. Give us those likes. Give us those follows. For us at the Blitz Crew, you guys have a good night, and we will see you next week.